0: The Bible tells us that it is good to bless, and this morning we really wanted to bless every man in this place. Now, those little gifts are quite cool, eh? I like those. Where did they go? I just need one. You've got, you got a few issues with them, haven't you? Because they're, um, uh, they've got a Chinese card in it. I would read it to you, but I have the same issues you do. Sorry. I can do better than Google Translate. Here we go. It's a multi-tool. It's a multi-tool, and in your hand, you will find a can opener, a knife, a screwdriver, a ruler, a bottle opener, a four-position wrench, a butterfly screw wrench, a saw blade, a direction auxiliary indication. <laughs> compass a two-position wrench, and a keychain hole. Very good, isn't it? Very, very good. Some would call this a multi-tool, but I would disagree with those people. I would call it the dream tool. The dream tool. Come on, how many men, when you opened that and saw that, the little MacGyver and you came out? And you're going, come on, with this little credit card size thing, other than opening my Coke, I can rescue the world. You can put me in any situation with this, I'm going to get out. Dreams are made of tools like this for men, for real men. If you haven't got it, for men. And actually, I was looking at some of those sawhorses, and I was a little concerned. I decided without being rude in any respect, and no shame intended whatsoever. I just was really pleased that Simon's such a good preacher. (laughs) It's all about being in your lane, isn't it? It's all about being in your lane. Don't go to Simon for a sawhorse. You want some theological advice, first stop, Pastor Simon. First stop, first stop. So, so this is like a dream maker. It's a, it's a dream tool. I could save the world with this tool, I reckon, which has caused me to call my message this morning Mission Possible. Mission Possible. Oh, I need to go back. How do I go back? Someone help me. Uh, hang on, hang on. That one. I actually think this is a pretty good representation of the way God created men to be. It's a bit risky. It's overcoming fear. There's a desire to push through no matter what the cost. It's a little rumbacious. On a mission. It's about possibility thinking. I like this because there's a little bit of stake, isn't there? A little bit of chicken, yeah. <laughs> you get it. You get it wrong. He's going to end up being lunch, and um, or she or whatever it is looks like a, it's a chook. And um, I like it. It's about dreaming. It's about and and I want to talk about dreams for a little bit this morning. And I'm talking to us all, and I'm talking to me, but primarily I'm talking to men this morning, and fathers. And I want to ask you, what is your dream? what is your dream? Do you have a dream or are you kind of existing? You've lost that fire, that dream. Can I ask you this question? Is your dream big enough? Is it something that you can achieve on your own or is it one of those only God dreams? Outside the ballpark, so to speak. Does your dream reach beyond yourself or is it A fairly selfish dream, a fairly small one. It's just about you. Is it a God-sized dream? See, I believe every person, every man is born with the capacity and the purpose to not only have a dream, but to live toward the dream. To live towards it. Sometimes we don't get to see the end of our dream. Hebrews chapter 11 talks about that, doesn't it? There are a bunch of people in there who never got to see the dream, but they had a dream, because it says they never got to live what they hoped for. But they had a dream. They were heading somewhere. They Their lives were being steered by the dream they had, by the imagination they had for their lives. So, I guess my question is very simple this morning. It's, what's your dream? Is it worthy of your life? And is it big enough for God to get behind? We're in John, as we've been for a long time. And uh, this morning, we are up to Verse 5 of John chapter 15, and I'd like us to read the first five verses together, if that's all right. Here we go. Here we go. John 15, one to 5 says, just join with me. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing nothing. Remember the context of the scripture is that Jesus is on his way to the cross and these are some of his final words. So what he's saying here matters. He really wants us and he wanted the disciples at the time to get hold of what he's saying because they're filled with weight, they're filled with meaning. And so he wants us to understand what he's saying. Verse fifteen, uh, Chapter 15 verse 5 is where we're going to land today. And it says this, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them, that's the first consideration. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing poses a question for me, am I trying to do my life on my own, or am I trying to do it with Him? Because it seems pretty clear that apart from Him, I can do nothing on my own. However, I would suggest to you that the opposite is also true, and that is, if I can do nothing apart from Him, maybe I can do all things with Him. Maybe all things are possible with Him and through Him. Maybe that's why I've called the message, mission possible. Because with him, all things are possible. Verse 7 actually says as much. When you drop down a couple more, it says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Obviously, motives got to do with something there. But if we're remaining in him, if we're walking closely with him, if our journey with him is close... I suggest our motives won't be too far off, the, off where they need to be. Everything comes back to connection. If we've got the connection, we've got the power. Like we saw with the power tools. Got the connection, we've got the power. Everything comes back to that connection. If you've got your Bibles, I'd like to uh, turn to Matthew 19. And verse 23. Matthew 19 and verse 23 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it's very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I say it again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Then Jesus looked at them intently and he said, humanly speaking, it's impossible, but with God, everything is possible. Now, before you sit back and relax, every one of us in this room would be considered rich by world standards. Every one of us. The the statement's not actually talking about money. It's in the wider term talking about an abundance of wealth, but it's also talking about capacity. Money comes into there, of course. But what it's really saying is that the more we have of the natural, the more difficult it is for us to rely on God, the more we rely on ourselves. If I've got a pantry full of food and I'm hungry, I don't tend to sit down and pray that the Lord would supply my food. I go to the pantry because I can supply my need. And that's the point of this passage, is that the more we have, and in a country like New Zealand we have, the more we have, the more inclined we are to turn to our own resource rather than His resource. And it's only by Him that we enter the kingdom of heaven. But it says, through God, all things, all things are possible. It's a great promise. Philippians 4.13 says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Luke 1.37 says, For nothing is impossible with God. It's echoing there, Genesis 18, where the Lord is talking to Abraham about Sarah having a baby when she was infertile. And he says, yes, but nothing is impossible for God. The miraculous. Mark 10.27, everything it says, everything is possible with God. Matthew 17.20, you don't have... In, uh, it, just Jesus speaking. You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had even as uh, faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, "Move from here to there," and it would move, because nothing would be impossible. Jeremiah 32:17 says, "O Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and your powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you." Ephesians chapter 3 and 20 from the Passion Translation says it like this. It says it beautifully. It says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. It's awesome, isn't it? Back to John 15 and verse 7. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, sorry, verse 5, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing but with me anything is possible. With me, anything is possible. Anything. Anything. What's your dream? What is your dream? I fear we dream too small. What is your dream? What do you desire the fruit of your life to be? What's that look like? Have you stopped dreaming? And if you've stopped dreaming, why have you stopped dreaming? It is honourable to God, to dream. He gave us the capacity to dream so that we would dream. Nothing's come into this world that hasn't been seen in the imagination before it arrives in the natural. We see things in the imagination. We see things in our dreams before we see them in reality. It's honorable to dream. What's your dream? Here's part of the challenge i think for guys particularly is that we live in a society that's doing its absolute best to emasculate men to deprive men of their identity to make men weaker to domesticate men i think it's a real problem i think that it's trying to kill the spirit of greatness within men it's trying to kill the the ability to dream and what's more it's trying to instill fear in every person. Have you watched the news? You can be entirely happy until you watch the news. And it just tries to instill fear in you, doesn't it? Everything is about trying to instill fear. You're about to get on an airplane, you see a story on the news and you go, oh man, I hope we make it. You weren't even thinking that before you saw the news. You're just like, wow, we're getting on an airplane. That's fantastic. I I think this um, this is a great picture. I love it i'm not I'm not sure which one is true. <laughs> I guess it depends whose eyes you're looking through, whether it's true. I think the mother's overreacting somewhat. But the world's doing its absolute best to instill fear in you, fear in you and I, and fear crushes dreams. It does. When... Um, this isn't meant to be a, a professional slur, it just because I don't understand all the details, but it just boggles my mind. When Jan and I had our children, on the way home from the hospital, I believe we stopped at the church and handed them around and those kind of things, because that's what you do. These days... Midwives, I don't understand all the facts, but they don't want you to go anywhere with your kids for weeks. For weeks. And I'm going, why? Should we start the family unit with the joy of a baby and then we'll just put fear on them straight away? Because fear controls, doesn't it? Fear controls. And it's our whole, it's put, that's a little snippet of our whole society is trying to put fear. And men, it's trying to put fear on you and fear and dreams don't go together. Fear and dreams just that do not work together. What happened to John 10.10? I will give you life and life abundantly. Well, it starts first, doesn't it? The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and to, in other words, impart fear into our lives because he knows that if he can keep us in fear, we're not going to do anything great with our lives. If he can keep us, keep us in fear, we will exist our days and depart But if we can break the power of fear, if we can step out from under fear and live that life abundant, that life of dreams, that life of mission possible, we'll have a go at doing something significant. And we'll have a go at doing something significant for God. What were you born to do? It wasn't just to exist. What were you born to do? It's a good question to answer. I think... I would rather fail doing what I believe I was born to do than not have a go. I want to have a go. I want to give it my best shot. If I come up short, I come up short. Not much I can do about that, but I want to give it a go. I want to get to the end of my days. Ray and I were joking about this a little while ago, sitting on our deck in our rockers. He's going to have to sit on his deck rocking for a little while before I get there, but that's all right. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> Sitting on the deck in the rockers going, wow, that was a blast. Wow, we, we, we did what we believed God was asking us to do. We stepped out there and said, okay, Lord, let's go. No, no doubt, well, we can already tell a few war stories, but it's gone bad. We'll have a few more by then. But giving it our best go. What were you born to do? What seed has God placed in your heart You were born to do it. Don't let fear. The difficulty, it's difficult to dream and be constrained by fear at the same time. I mean, there's common sense, there's wisdom, of course, those things. Don't discount those. They're important. Wisdom is important, very important. That's wisdom there. But dreaming and being constrained by fear just don't work in the same sentence because it always pushes the fear down. In fact, I really want to pray for fear right now. Can you just bow your heads for a moment? Close your eyes so that people have got absolute privacy around you. If you struggle with fear, just give me a little wave just so I know who I'm praying for. Fantastic. Thanks. You can put your hands down. That's great. Lord you've told us that you never gave us a spirit of fear. And so we know that that fear is imposed on us. And Father, for every person in this place this morning that is struggling with fear, I break its power in the name of Jesus. Father, where there has been fear, I command it to go in Jesus' name and I release your peace right now. Father, if there's turmoil happening in the mind even at this point, We command that to go and replace it with your peace. And Father, I ask that where fear has taken residence, you would birth dreams in Jesus' name. And when fear tries to raise its head, we just stand firm in you and push it away in the name of Jesus. I ask for every person in this room the liberty to dream. That fear would be gone in Jesus' name and not a controlling factor. Amen. So what's your dream? What's your dream? Does it honor God? Does it require God? I really want to encourage you to dream dreams that are big enough that they've got to have faith attached. That they require God to achieve. If you can do it on your own, that's great. But there's no faith in that. Dream a dream big enough that you have to push yourself into God. That God needs to come through because there's no power without connection. With Him, abiding, remaining, All things are possible, all dreams are possible. And if if remaining or abiding in Him is our priority, I think our motives will take care of themselves. I've been cautioned several times in my life not to uh, make judgment on what I perceive to be arrogance when it is often confidence. Sometimes confidence looks like arrogance. But the heart is completely different. If you're close with God, you're embracing God, you're abiding in Him, you're walking with Him, go forward confidently. Again, what is your dream? Is it time to pick up a dream? Maybe you dropped it. Is it time to pick it up again? Maybe it's time to pick it up for the first time. I think it's time for men to embrace and be proud of being men. Our society is giving men a bashing at the moment. don't know if you've noticed Be proud of being a man. You're male by birth. You're man by choice. Be proud to be a man. Be proud to be a man. Be the best dad you can be. Love on your kids. Love on your wife. Be the best dad you can be. What an incredible legacy to sow into your family. Being the best dad. I know there's many examples of of dads who have missed missed the mark and... Uh, dads have even been abusive in families. But if that's in your family, come on, with God, change the cycle. Be the best dad. Be the best dad. No human dad's going to get it all together. We're all going to come up short somewhere. We're all going to make mistakes. But be the best dad you can be. Be the best husband. If you want your children to to, uh, treat their spouses well, you model it. To your wife, they've got to, kids. Got to know that you love, that you love, that you love your wife, and you watch they'll model it then. When they're in relationships, I got. I was really fortunate this morning. I got two. I got one Father's Day card. It was a big card, and both my sons wrote heaps in it. Not bad, eh? For young men, they wrote heaps in it. Lots of words. It's like my goodness, it's a book. And, and I was really moved as I read the words I was really moved and I thought wow for all the times I've made mistakes for all the things I've mucked up when I read the words I'm thinking thank you Jesus maybe I've got something right thank you Jesus maybe this is this is good thank you Jesus that my sons have gone from being my little kids to my friends thank you Jesus as dads you, you can do that let me encourage you this morning. Let me put courage in you. Even if you've made a mistake time and time and time and time and time again, you can do that. If you've made a mistake, be the first one to say I'm sorry and get on with it again. Leave a great legacy for your family, dads, because it's Father's Day. That's probably one of the things at the top of my dream list, is that I leave a great legacy For my family, what are you dreaming? What's the dream look like? Mission possible, you can do it through Christ who strengthens me. All things are possible, you can do it. You can do it. I know the world wants to knock you down, I know the world wants to cut you off, but this morning, you can do it. The Word of God says, You can do it. It Says, Come on, all things are possible through Him. You can. You can. I, I probably just need to stand here for half an hour saying, You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Just to kind of combat the message you get when you walk out the door. But you can do it. You are doing it. You are doing it. Outside of my notes, I think this is a fantastic thing right here for dads. Been in church with your kids. Been in church with your kids. Been in, in church with your wife. Great thing! It models something great to your family. If you notice, you do get what you do with your kids. I I, just—I sometimes have been known to blurt out things that aren't that nice when drivers are annoying me. I know it's hard to believe. I know it's hard to believe because I'm an incredibly considerate driver myself. My wife reminds me sometimes when I abuse someone, she goes, you'd do that. But when you're like three or four-year-old, it's the same thing when someone does it. You probably need to change the model a little bit. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you, plonker. Go the speed limit. I bless you, you plonker. That's a better one. Because they watch, don't they? They watch, they learn. But come on, dads, you can do it. You can set a great legacy for your family. Don't think too small. Think big. Don't not dream. Dream big. Dream for yourself. Dream for your kids. Dream for your family. You can do it. You can do it. And next time you're watching the news and you feel full of fear, just turn the stupid thing off. Say, come on, God hasn't put that spirit in me. He hasn't put that spirit in me. I'm not going to own that spirit. I'm not going to take hold of that spirit. I'm absolutely convinced that wherever I am in the world is the safest place to be. If I'm on an airplane, that plane is safe because I don't think God's finished with me yet. One day I will get that wrong and wherever I am will be not the safest place because I would have done my thing. But in the, the rest of the time, I'm absolutely conv- I'm not going to be held down by a spirit of fear just because the media says that or people say that. I'm not going to stand back and go, uh, elders, We need to have a meeting. Um, We've only got two toilets. The the media says we need a gender neutral one. Oh, that's quite political now. Come on. Let's get real. The word of God is true or it's not. Uh, The media is not going to tell me how I need to think. The media is not going to shape the way I need to think. I have a dream in my heart to see men and women impacted with the power of God. If you don't fit men and women, well, you might miss out on my agenda, but that's all right. God will fix you. Men and women, He created them. Male and female, He created them. That's okay. Stand up. Come on, men. Get some conviction of what we believe. Stand firm. I believe that in my household, I'm going to raise, I've raised my family with and this isn't meant to be judgmental anyway. But I, this is my conviction that I was to raise my family and my household with one wife and bless my kids. And we've done that. Were there opportunities along the way to change the story? Of course there were. And that's on Jane's side, let alone mine. Of course there were. But we're not into trading models for a new model. We're going to go we're going to become classics together because that's our, that's our value. But at some point, you just got to go, no, no, this is who we are. Come on, I've got a dream. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to sabotage my dream for a quick fix. God's put something in my spirit for me to achieve. I'm not going to sabotage that by just needing a quick outcome. I'm going to stand firm. I, I, I want to stand firm in Him. I want to stand as a man. I want to stand as a godly man. I want to stand as a righteous man. Every one of us in this room can do that if you're a man. It's a choice. And you will make mistakes. And you will blow it. And you will make a complete mess of it. But you get up again. That's what being a man's about. You get up again. You get up again. And again. And again. And when you make a mess of it, you go to your kids and you go, I blew that. I'm sorry. When you make a mess of it, you go to your wife, and you go, I blew that. I'm sorry. And you get up, and you go again. And you go again. That's what being a man looks like, despite what they tell us. What's it mean to be in him, to be, abide in him, to remain in him? Well, that means living in close relationship with God, doesn't it? It means doing the journey with him warts and all. It means he sees me on a good day. It means he sees me on the bad day. He sees me anyway. No point hiding it. Good days, bad days, good decisions, bad decisions. Just keep walking with him. Just keep walking. Keep walking. I made a mess of it today, Lord. I'm sorry. Can I try again tomorrow? Sure you can, Sheridan. Go for it.